This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you cannot have any. Still, still, 10 years in, we're not going to give you any. Wow. That's uh, our... We are remarkably consistent in being jerks. I, I guess. And today we're talking about Parmesan cheese. I think I kind of can't believe we haven't done this already. We say this, we say that every time. Yeah, and I don't think this was a listener suggestion. I, feel, <laughs> I don't mean like listeners suggested we don't do it, but like I think we were just sitting around like, is it possible we've never done Parmesan are, cheese? Are there any episodes that listeners have written in to say like, don't do that? I mean, like, prospectively, no. I think there have been somewhere listeners didn't like how we did it. Oh, for sure. And wish, and I wish, mean, as yeah. well, they should not. Yeah. Okay, so let's go down memory lane. Okay. Um, what was what was the Parmesan of your youth? So my parents, um, they always bought like Parmesan in, in a wedge, and I grew up in you know in Oklahoma where it was not. Like, you know, we didn't have fancy grocery stores. We had like sure you did. You had Crescent Market. And Safeway. And well, but it, it, Crescent Market, you know, was it just had normal products. It wasn't any sort of like. Um, oh, but they had a suit of armor. They had a suit of armor. That's they had a not fireplace. Normal. They had a tray. None of, of this cookies. is normal. They had carpet. They had carpet. <laughs> but no. So when I was growing up, you know, like uh, I think that we probably had mostly access to like domestic, quote unquote, Parmesan. Yes, which that I'm, would come... I'm sort of afraid to talk about. Yeah, let's not. That no, would come... I mean, we got it a little bit. Okay. Anyway, it would come, you know, like shrink wrapped in the, the same section where you would buy like craft singles, right? Yeah. And I I think I do remember. So we've talked about Mediterranean import, uh, the, yes, the place I've in Oklahoma City imports. before. And I remember that once Mediterranean imports opened, that was like a big thing because we got to buy like like Real imported cheese, yeah. Parmesan that was cut to order. Oh yeah. And this was a really big deal, especially for my dad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know any different. Yeah, you know, my Parmesan memory lane is is 
foggy. Yeah. Like I definitely remember the uh the, Did you have the canister? The yeah, we definitely had that and I that I would definitely use that like if we went to a pizza place. Mm-hmm. I don't remember using it much at home. I'm sure my mom would have bought some kind of pretty good parmesan. I don't remember really when parmigiano reggiano came into yeah. my life. I remember so you know my 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 parents as as discussed before had some really snobby tendencies which of course they have passed on to me. I cannot deny it. My parents had some really snobby tendencies. And uh, so I do remember my mother looking down upon the like craft cardboard canister. But I remember being at like, you know, slumber parties or something where there would be pizza. Mm -hmm. And so the host family inevitably would have uh, a canister, the green canister of craft parm. And I think I think that was my first time encountering it. And I thought it was perfectly tasty. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of I'm, I'm kind of excited to taste. So you've got the canister here. I'm I excited do. to taste it alongside these wedges of parm. Yeah, uh, because I've never actually done a side by side. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited about this. So can we start? I mean, feel free to start tasting anytime. So what we've got here is uh, we've got some craft 100 percent grated Parmesan cheese. Are, are we going to cheese plate this? How I think we, we have to plate cheese plate it? this. So I kind of want to try the craft first. I think we should, because I think if we try the craft later, we're, it's like an unfair comparison. And I was pleased because I went to the store and they had like the big canister, which was more expensive than I expected. And then I look and there's like a little like, you know, live in alone size of, of a teeny tiny canister. And is the big canister still cardboard? No, it's plastic now. Oh, bummer. <laughs> So I think growing up, I always thought, again, because of the snobbery of my family of origin. That's tasty. I always thought that this was like a piss poor quality cheese. Is it? Is this well, just domestic Parmesan? Which it is- sort of depends what you mean. Because like, obviously to that make is perfectly it tasty. shelf stable in a can, and mm-hmm. we're going to get way into this. Like okay. the ingredients are Parmesan cheese. Okay cellulose powder to prevent caking and potassium sorbate to protect flavor. Okay. So okay. this was this was a there was a dust up a few years ago where there was a claim going around that some brands of shelf stable grated parmesan were contained sawdust or wood chips or something like that to absorb moisture. Right. They do not. It's okay. it's cellulose which is produced from wood pulp but that's not the same as wood pulp. Oh. So, Great. I mean, it's not it's not toxic. And you know what? Like, wife, is... wife of the show, Lori, said, don't don't get into bashing domestic Parmesan because, like, what if they want to advertise or something? But you know what? We do this for the people, not not the advertisers. Okay. I also just feel like, hold on. Can yeah. I say that another thing I think is really nice about the craft, like, shelf-stable Parmesan is that it is that really, really fine texture yes, that you can only get on like the rasp side of a box grater. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's really, it melts really nicely. What this is, is it's an umami powder, right? Exactly. It doesn't really taste like cheese exactly, but you put it on pizza and the pizza gets better. Yes. It's yes. like sprinkling MSG. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm with you. The ones that I never buy are the domestic wedges of parmesan which mm-hmm. are almost never good i have bought them for uh certain purposes brandon makes a parmesan peppercorn dressing that is mm-hmm. based on something he had as, as a kid on the east coast and he thinks actually that the flavor of cheap 
like domestic Parmesan is best for that recipe. I could see that. Let's that's, that's mm-hmm. like sort of a middle America salad dressing. Totally. Kinda, like, yeah. Okay. Like how if you're like how the Jersey dressing at Delancey, like when we when we were first opening, Brandon wanted to like sort of class up like the New Jersey pizza tavern. Uh-huh like Italian dressing. And so he tried to make this dressing from like fresh garlic. Yeah. Like a garlic clove. No, but you've got to use garlic powder, But you've got to use right? garlic powder. I think that like sometimes the, the flavor that we're looking for is a highly engineered flavor. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right. Can we can I t- start talking fine, about what Parmesan fine. is? Can I okay. start eating some more yeah, of it? Yeah, I, but I don't know where to start. Okay, so start with, start with this Grana Padano. Okay. All right. And I'll explain what that is. At some point, this episode is just going to be all over the place. I, I did so much research. You're super excited about this. Okay. What is Parmesan cheese, mm. you may ask? Mm. Let, me, let me step over to the blackboard here. Okay. Well, it depends who you ask. Because according to Italian and EU regulators, the only Parmesan cheese is Parmigiano-Reggiano. Yes. From uh, the Parma and Reggio regions in Italy. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post says... If Italy had its way, there would be no such thing as Ukrainian Parmesan or American Parmesan. In fact, there would be no generic Parmesan whatsoever, only Parmigiano-Reggiano, produced inside a small patch of Italian countryside under, under exacting specifications at one of 330 dairies whose cheese wheels are tested with percussion hammers and then branded with markings of authenticity if they pass muster. I love the percussion hammers. Yeah. Like, I... It's hard to, for me to imagine this cheese-making process and not think about elves making the cheese. Mm-hmm. and like Keebler. going around with little, The yeah, Keebler elves the Keebler in their elves, tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. In practice, though, Parmesan is a hard cheese with a particular flavor profile that is usually described as nutty. Uh, and I think that's because mm-hmm. that's the adjective people fruity. come up with to describe a savory food when they can't think of anything else to say. Hmm. Right? Uh, well, mm. What do you think? Is it nutty? Is this, well, is so, this chunk for me? So I've now eaten all three of these mm-hmm. here. I feel like I... I shouldn't. No, jump in anytime. Okay, well, so what we have here in front of us, in addition to the the craft like tube of shelf stable parm, mm. is we've got uh, Grana Padano, which is imported from Italy. Matthew's going to talk in a minute about what that is. It is not Parmigiano Reggiano. No. Then what's in the middle, Matthew? So, this is Sartori, which is from Wisconsin, and it's uh, Parmesan Sarvecchio. So it's their it's their long aged one that's supposed to be more like a Parmigiano Reggiano than their cheaper domestic Parmesan. Okay, and then we've got Parmigiano Reggiano, the real thing, the real thing from Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, none of these are fresh cut. I was going to go down yeah. and get some fresh cut this morning, which really is better, but I ran out of time. Yeah, I got to say it's crazy how different each of these mm-hmm. is. Mm. Um. I don't think that nutty is the wrong word. Yeah. Can I? So I don't want to get ahead of myself in talking about grana, but can you, can we just come back to a flavor description? Let's come back to a flavor okay. description. Okay. I learned so many things about Parmesan. Parmigiano Reggiano is made from raw, low-fat milk. Why low-fat? Because that's what makes the cheese the way it's supposed to be made. So it's it's a mix of uh, like skimmed milk with whole milk. Did you watch Samin Nosrat's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat on Netflix? I did, except I haven't gotten to the first episode yet. And the first one is... The Italy one, right? I think. I think so. I can't remember. But anyway, there's the one where she visits these like red cows that Mm, give this milk. The vaquerose. Yes. And these are you... The the milk from them is used to make Parmesan. Mm -hmm. But she talks about like the flavor of the the like 
the flavor of the milk. Like, doesn't it oh, have yeah. a really high fat content? Mm-hmm. So probably the resulting mixture is is higher in fat than like a two percent milk, but less than a whole milk. Maybe it's like um, three point one percent. Maybe it's like three point one percent. Whole milk being four percent. Yeah, or like three point eight. Okay. By by FDA definition, I think. Okay, great. Carry on. I'm listening. All right. Um, and the uh, they make it in copper lined vats, and there are so many rules about like how you have to make it if you're going to call it Parmigiano Reggiano. Like one of the things that makes it expensive is that the vats have to sit for hours, like eighteen hours after they make cheese, in order for the surface to reoxidize. Why this is important, I don't know. Huh. Okay. And the cheese is made with just milk, rennet, and salt, and it ages for about two years on average. Mm-hmm. We have we have a three-year aged one here. And a whole wheel of Parmigiano weighs an average about 84 pounds. Have you ever seen one broken open? I have. It's, it's so it's, cool. It's like one of the most festive things you can see. When I was like 20 or 21, I worked at the cheese counter at a Whole Foods. And that was my first time ever seeing a whole wheel of Parmesan mm-hmm. and watching like two people sort of tag team on on breaking it apart with like, you know, special oh, tools yeah. and stuff. And love watching a tag um, team. So at Delancey, when we we use Grana Padano, mm-hmm. not Parmesan, but uh, when we get a wheel in or a half wheel or a quarter wheel, because that's how you can order it sure. um, if you want to. I do. I want a whole wheel. So we have a wood splitter. I don't, like know a, if I, I don't know if I should say this. We have a we have a wood splitter, and they cover it with plastic and put the parmesan on it and split it on the wood splitter. I don't know what a wood splitter is. Oh, it's this really I'm cool hydraulic device that's got like a um, it's got like a blade at one end that looks like the end of an axe, and it's sitting up. And then there's like this carriage that sits in front of it, this like sort of um, rectangular metal bar that you- I really feel I draw what Molly is saying coming on because <laughs> I you, do not know. That you sit your, let's say, um, section of wood on. Or section of and cheese. And then you turn it on and the machine presses it. It slides this log of wood- This is so hot. Against the blade with a tremendous amount of pressure and it gives off this like, huge cracking sound. Wow. Anyway, a, a wood splitter- is, is pretty awesome. Um, we borrowed one when we we borrowed the one from the restaurant when we had a, a tree that we had to have cut down. Oh, and then it went right back to, to splitting cheese after that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we should cut this. We we cover it. We cover <laughs> no, we're it. We're keeping it. We cover it in plastic. No, it sounds totally legit to me. We cover all of the parts in. plastic. You don't even work there. I don't even work there. Yeah, they you cover. Don't, they don't probably don't still do this. They cover all the parts in plastic mm-hmm. and then put the the wedge of Parmigiano Reggiano or, or Grana Padano on it to help break it up. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, it's a highly unorthodox use of a wood splitter. I love it. Did you know that uh, about 3.6 million wheels of Parmigiano are produced per year, and that uses about 18% of all the milk produced in Italy? 18%? That's incredible. that's not counting Grana Padano. That's incredible. Okay. Okay, go on. Grana Padano is a cheese produced using a similar process a little further north in Italy. It's produced in a much wider range of pasture area okay. and uh, and is there more of it is made. And so it is okay. considered a cheaper alternative to Parmigiano Reggiano and it is, but the Grana Padano people get very upset when you talk about it that way. Um 
Brandon has always used Grana Padano at Delancey because uh, he learned that that was what um, Domenico DeMarco used mm-hmm. at Defara, and that was his introduction to to Grana. But anyway, Brandon has kept using it at Delancey because so if you taste Grana, like freshly cut Grana, side by side against freshly cut Parmigiano Reggiano, Parm tastes way fruitier, mm-hmm. and yep. the at least the grana that that Delancey buys is 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 definitely nuttier than the Parmigiano Reggiano. To get back to that word, nutty. You're definitely nuttier. Anyway, so anybody who's been to Delancey, you've had grana padano on your pizza. Delancey, not Parmesan. And you and it was cracked by a industrial wood smasher. I, again, I allegedly I, allegedly right. God, this, it's a this oh, is a just a story I'm about fired. what might happen. You you again do not work there. No, I don't. But I don't know. Like I was gonna say, you can't be fired if you don't work somewhere. But maybe like in a sense, you can. You can. I, I've I've definitely fired myself from uh, like volunteer obligations. <laughs> also, and yeah, things. also can't fire yourself. <laughs> oh, darn. I mean, I don't know. I guess you like you work for your own corporation, so you probably could. Yeah. Fire yourself. I work for my corporation as its only employee. Uh-huh. Therefore, I can both fire myself and work for myself. Yeah, but weirdly, after you fired yourself, like productivity went up. <laughs> <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Okay, so um, according to Wikipedia... Some of the producers of Grana Padano operate large operations. The herd produces capacious quantities of cow manure, and a byproduct is the Shit Museum, which promotes eco-friendly recycling. What? Um, the Shit Museum is an actual museum in northern Italy that is owned by Locatelli. Maker. Oh, which they make uh, Pecorino. Yes. Okay. Well, like like a, a Locatelli guy. Okay. <laughs> There's a Shit Museum. This is my favorite fact. Okay. You ready? ready. According to an article in The Telegraph, in 2016, the Grana Padano producers sued the soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful for defamation after the soap opera aired a scene in which security guard Charlie Weber says, oh no, I got Padano, and visibly disgusted runs back to the store to buy Parmigiano Reggiano. So, again, on this show, which a show that does not want to be sued, we think Grana Padano is excellent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. No, but also I think it's interesting that he called it Padano. Yeah. I've always called it Grana. Yeah, but Grana is the general term for this type of crumbly hard cheese. Oh, so Parm is a Grana. Parm is a Grana. <laughs> what language are we even speaking now? I don't now? know. Okay. All right. Hey, Matthew, like, okay. 
do all granas have those crunchy crystals? Yes, and other types of cheeses do too. Like it's it's pretty common for there are a lot of different chemicals in cheese that can form little crunchy crystals as they as they age for a long time. The ones in Parmigiano, I I have read are consist largely of tyrosine, which is an amino acid. When I started to go deeper, it seems like it's a little more complicated than that. But, but I always thought it was calcium. So calcium crystals are also common in cheese and may be some part of the crystals in Parmigiano. There's definitely also some amino acid component to it. Wow. You're doing your funny little smile there where you like, you're like, I know a lot more than I'm saying. (laughs) No, 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 no. That smile means I know less than I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) That's that's a smile like I'm afraid an actual cheeseologist will get in touch with us. Uh, And they should. Yes, should. yes. Cheeseologists, write in. Contact at spilledmuckpodcast.com. Uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano is much sought after among thieves. Really? Um, yes. A group of cheese criminals was arrested in 2015 for stealing $875,000 worth, and that is only a fraction of the total thefts that year. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. I mean, it's they're valuable. I mean, like like a wheel of it is worth hundreds of dollars. Yeah, but it's also 84 pounds. It's like carrying like a grade yeah. schooler out of a, 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 a cave. And those are worth a lot more. Why are they in a <laughs> why is the grade schooler in a cave? What well, are you what are you well, doing at your about house? Parmesan cheese in a cob. Do you have a, co- a cupboard <laughs> under the stairs? I keep my my nephew Harry Potter in it. Uh-huh. Yes. I noticed, I noticed June seemed to have an unusual scar. <laughs> yeah. My name is Aunt Petunia. And can Petunia. talk to snakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, oh, right, right. Parcel tongue? Yeah. Uh-huh. Also in 2015, Pornhub advertised its premium service with a commercial where a guy says to a woman, why don't, get, why don't we get this aged Parmigiano-Reggiano? They say it's the Pornhub premium, premium of cheeses. The uh, really Parmigiano-Reggiano Society was not happy about this either. It seems like it's that kind of really like... easy to upset a cheese society. Yeah, That's what they I'm seem getting very here. fragile. I mean, I think like, it's because... Emotionally fragile. Like, they've been worn down by all the cheese thefts. Yeah, I think they probably feel attacked from so many different fronts that they're very, very touchy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You may be asking yourself... Is I mean, <laughs> probably not because we kind of already said this. Is the Italian stuff really better? Is it? It really is. Now, Almost all. Can I just tell you though that I really liked that domestic. This one is one really right good. So what I would say it about kind of the, almost had an aged Gouda angle yes, going on. Right. The the Sartori Sarvecchio I think is a delicious cheese. I don't think it's a Parmesan. Fine. It, it's definitely to me the tastiest of the three cheeses you just set out right now. Oh yeah. But I also am looking at the quality of the Parm. And the grana that you purchased, and I don't think you purchased the best specimens, I'll be honest. You're right. They look kind of dried out mm-hmm. and waxy. But still quite tasty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, do you ever feel like, this is a type of cheese where I'm very aware that when I first put it in my mouth, on my tongue, it really doesn't, like the flavor is so much more muted than it is seconds later as it warms up and crumbles yes, on my tongue. 100%. Yeah, like the first, the first period, like, is, I don't know. It's kind of waxy, yeah. kind of, yeah. 
And yeah, like the surface of the cheese gets dried out and weird really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like the fresh cut is better. Again, but, I fell down on the job. But it's so it's so interesting what happens. I should as, have stolen a wheel and busted it open with a with a wood demolisher or whatever you said. You know, I've hauled that wood chipper around in the back of my car a bunch. And it, that, you, wait, that wait, thing do you is have heavy. it now? I don't have it now. I kind of wish I had it now. I wish you did too. We still do you have, have some... any kind of heavy equipment in your car? <laughs> Just my car. Okay. Yeah. You can smash things with that. We could r- run over some cheese. Yeah, I think I think it might have a different effect. Mm-hmm. More blunt force. Yeah. It's really amazing to me, like the the cumulative effect of these crunchy crystals, the the like fat, the salt, all this stuff on your tongue, like it like blossoms. Yep. My tongue blossoms. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. My tongue blossoms. Oh, if you've got tongue blossoms, <laughs> you should get that checked out. Yeah. It's like ear cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Cauliflower ear. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just like when you get punched a lot? I think it's something it's something that wrestlers get mm-hmm. and and like people who do jujitsu, like friction. People who and get their pressure. ear caught in a wood chipper. Yeah. Gross. Oh my god. <laughs> you brought up the wood chipper. I said not in all these uses. But it's a very versatile tool. Okay, so, so hold on. So let's get back to this issue. Is Italian stuff really okay, so, better? It, right. So if you buy like the $6 wedge, plastic wrapped wedge of American Parmesan that you'll find like in the Cheese Island at the supermarket. Yes. You know the island I'm talking about? Absolutely. Cheese Island. I, that's my favorite island to visit. It's always kind of sour. It's too salty. It has. It doesn't have a crumbly texture. Yeah, it's often not. Um, it's too moist. It's often not quite crumbly enough. Yeah. So I. So I. Yeah. Totally. Because it's not aged very long, and that's like the key to why it exists. Is like aging cheeses a long time is super expensive mm-hmm. because you have to have room to do it. You have to guard against thieves, obviously, and. It, you know, as the cheese ages, it gets drier and drier, and so it loses weight, and then you have to charge more for it. And so there are some good, you know, domestic hard cheeses, but they cost more than the Italian imports. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about how you buy this stuff because yes. I did did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, you did. So. Well, I would say ideally, uh, uh, so ideally you would buy it from a place that either cuts it to order, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare. I can think of only two places in Seattle that will cut it to order for you. Is it Big John's, PFI, and, and De Laurenti? Yeah. yeah. Um, other places like, you know, Whole Foods or sort of high-end markets like that. I think Ballard Market, um, they, it seems like they buy a wheel, break it down, and then plastic wrap it. And yeah, it's which is, sold already wrapped. And yeah, which is go. not... Not ideal. But I think we're being really, really particular here. I think that the vast majority of at least North America probably only has access to cheese that is, to Parmesan that is at best cut in the store and and individually wrapped. Yeah. Now, like, the unfortunate thing is, like, the way I would like to see it sold is totally impractical because it would look terrible. Okay. Because what I have found is the best way to store it once you cut it is in a, like, a freezer Ziploc bag. Okay. Like, that works better than Because it, it needs a wrap. little bit of air. It needs a little bit of air. So it needs to be, like, in a... Uh, a moist environment, but not with uh, like plastic wrap directly touching it. Well, so it, okay, here's how I store mine. Okay. I store my uh, my parm or my grana in a Tupperware. Yeah, I store it in a Tupperware, and I usually actually store my parm and my pecorino in the same Tupperware. Oh, 
Wow. Both the Pecorino people and the Parm people are freaking are, they are out. Furious. Um, but no, I, 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 that is what I've done Molly, for how ages. Dare you? And I'm amazed. Um, they both keep beautifully in a Tupperware yeah. for a very long period it of time. It has to and be I think a that- good quality Tupperware that, that's not leaky. Because if you do it in like, like a cheapo, you know, disposable plastic Mine's container. In a, mine is in a, a like Ziploc Tupperware. Yeah. Mine's not even in a, like a glass thing. It's like okay. not fancy. But is it, but is it one of the cheap ones? Like. Like with the blue lid? Yeah. Or red lid? Okay. Yeah. And I have to say, like, it, it, this cheese is doing fine. Okay. Um, I mean, it keeps kind of almost indefinitely. You can see when it starts to dry out. And and then you toss it in the freezer and use it in soup. Yes. Okay. So so let's get let's get into how what we do with it besides like I think I don't I don't know if like if like Everybody knows this, and this is a dumb thing to say, but I feel like it's still sort of underappreciated to just Wait. knock off chunks of Parmesan and eat it. Hold on just a second yep. before you do this. Why do you prefer a Ziploc bag instead of a Tupperware? Because in my experience, um, the Ziploc bag is more airtight. But I think I just huh. am using bad Tupperwares. Interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I I tend to not use Ziplocs because like the inside gets all kind of nasty and like Oh, but in a good way. <laughs> Gross. Like it gets it gets impregnated with, with the funk the funk of forty thousand years. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> Thriller. Oh. okay wait but anyway um you know breaking off chunks of it and eating them this is so june's favorite cheese is grana she prefers it over parmesan and she likes to just eat it Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. if i put out a little block of grana and like the microplane grater she will hold the microplane up on its end, like with the the metal point, mm-hmm. like facing down, and she will kind of use it to like sever off a chunk of grana and then just eat it. I will do exactly the same thing with the microplane, especially yeah. like if we bring the microplane and a chunk of cheese to the table, like oh, just big time. to put on pasta. Yeah, yeah that's when you like, do it, right? Then you just like keep chunking, chunking off. at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Molly, keep chunking at it. Keep chunking at it. I believe in you. Um, how does the rest of your family feel about chunking at grana or parm? So teenager of the show, Iris, is not very fond of cheese on its own, but... But Iris has a lot of other good qualities. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And more cheese for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I love chunking it. I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big proponent of chunking it. <laughs> Gross. What do you think that means? I what is that a euphemism for, chunking know. it? Well, so it makes me think of vomiting. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah, like and, like blowing chunks. But also like ch- chunking it. Sounds chunking like it. I don't know, it sounds I don't know, kind of, kind of vaguely thrusty. It does, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, let's let's on. get the vomit out of here and uh, go with that. Okay. So anyway, what do you what what do you do with parmesan? Okay. I put it on pizza. I put it this is on and in pasta dishes. Yes. Like I like there, there are a few pasta dishes where I don't enjoy like just tossing in a handful of grated Parmesan before serving and then mm-hmm. and then offering more at the table. I am a huge fan of cacio e pepe, mm-hmm. as as are the other people in my family, and um and that is hands down the like the greatest use of Parmesan in my household. We go through a lot making cacio yeah. e pepe. You know who could define chunk in it for us? Pornhub. <laughs> 
Wait, can I also give a shout out to my favorite cacio e pepe recipe? Please do. Uh, my favorite cacio e pepe recipe, after trying many different ones, is in a cookbook called Repertoire by mm-hmm. Jessica Badalana. It's really fantastic. Anyway. Okay. Can hands we, down favorite. Maybe we could find a link to it or post it or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or at least a link to the book. Yeah, it's it's also just a great book. She has a fantastic green goddess um, salad dressing, this like um, sweet and spicy pork butt called that she calls candy pork. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, anyway, yeah, repertoire by Jessica Battle. All right, we'll post a link. Spilledmilkpodcast.com. I use it. One of my favorite things to do. There is this uh, steak salad recipe from Cooks Illustrated that I'm sure I've mentioned before. That is arugula seared steak that's sliced up. Um, and uh, dressing of lemon juice and olive oil and like there's some some shallots in there and black pepper and then you make curls of parmesan with a cheat with a uh, mm, vegetable peeler classy so yeah oh man I'm burping so much <laughs> um it's yeah it's it's one of the classiest things I do yeah it's I, so satisfying to just stand there like peeling off cheese curls yeah I also which like, is also a euphemism I've <laughs> I've talked many times on the show about old family friend Ed Fretwell. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Ed Fretwell. Um, Parmesan is fantastic uh, on top of like an Italian style bean soup. Yes. Um, like Ed Fretwell soup from my first book, A Homemade Life. Also, oh, Molly Stevens in the cookbook, the, um, All About Braising. Yeah. Has a recipe for um, for like braised escarole with beans, mm-hmm. and I I make a, a version of it at home that's braised escarole and chickpeas, and we just call it beans and greens in our household. But anyway, uh, grana or parmigiano reggiano are a must on top of that. I made this has nothing to do with parmigiano. I I made chana masala in my instant pot with yeah. dried chickpeas the other day, and it was so good. Really, it came out. Perfect. Nice. Okay. Um, so uh, I make I put it, tons of it on asparagus in bed. Have you ever made this? It's roasted asparagus okay. with a fried egg on top and a bunch of parmesan. Oh, why Grated. do you call it asparagus in bed? Because you, you're you're tucking in the, the why did I where, where did that accent come from? You tucking you tucking it in. <laughs> You tuck it in nice and nice and cozy. You you tuck it in with the fried egg like it's a blanket, and the little heads of the asparagus are sticking out from the blanket. So do you like wrap the fried egg around it, sort of? No, you just kind of stick it on top. the 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 asparagus spears are all aligned. It's like it's like ten people are in the bed. Oh, this reminds me of my mom's like old like. Uh, I thought you were going to say it reminds you of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> No, but most things do. I can't believe this this thing where I mentioned a bunch of people in the bed is the thing that did not remind you of Charlie the Chocolate Factory. What is going on here? Do you know what? I was writing the, this uh, thing in my book yesterday, mm-hmm. and I realized I was so I was referring to my grandfather, and I had a Grandpa Joe. Oh, and you, I and you never just realized, realized this. Before. Okay, well, I always called him Grampy, uh-huh. but in the book I referred to him at one point as my grandfather Joe, and I just felt like. God, there's got to be another way of referring to him because I couldn't even finish the sentence without picturing Grandpa Joe, <laughs> Grandma Josephine, of course. Grandpa George, and Grandma Georgina. 
Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, but you were actually saying something else and I interrupted. Well, this reminds me, your asparagus in bed reminds me mm-hmm. of my mom's and like- you don't have to eat it in bed. That's optional. Reminds me of this thing that my mom uh, used to make for dinner a lot when she was like big on dieting in the mm-hmm. 80s and it was like steamed spinach with a fried egg on top and then cheddar cheese grated over it. Okay. You could call that spinach in bed, but we, we never did. But- now you now you can yeah but by it's the not, way it's way better with sauteed it's not spinach, quite quite the same because spinach doesn't have heads fine whatever right but, well, but you yes. could say that the whole leaf is a the head and the is, stem is, like is, a, a is a body okay i don't know okay okay when you grate parmesan mm-hmm. what kind of grater do you like to use so by and large i use a microplane mm-hmm. uh the kind that's kind of like a sword with like a like a metal excuse me a black rubber uh yes. handle and then this, you know, metal, dangerous-looking thing that sticks out from it. Right. Not actually useful as a sword in practice. Yeah. I mean, unless what Public you're what you're fighting is is parmesan, in which case oh, you, can, you can mm-hmm. knock off a or, chunk or a lemon, and and you can zest it yes. to the death. However, there are certain places where I want a, a very very fine parmesan. For instance, when I'm making meatballs. I put Parmesan cheese in the the meat mixture and I want a very, very fine like powder of Mm -hmm. Parm. And so for that, I use the rasp side of the box grater. Yeah. I hate um, using the rasp side of the box grater. A few years ago, I got one of those rotary graters, which I had been resisting because it seemed like oh, a- Oh, like a, the old a, school yeah, thing. Like, you put the parm in and you crank the wheel. Like one of like, you know, a single use kitchen gadget. But when you want to grate like a, a more than, than a couple ounces of Parmesan, it's so satisfying. I didn't even know they still made those. Oh, they do. It's great. I remember constantly, the one that my parents had when I was a kid came apart into two pieces. There was like the handle and then there was the top Mine somehow? comes apart into three pieces. Do you ever, do, do you have to like keep the pieces together in a Ziploc bag so you don't lose them? No, because I will wash it, let it dry, and then reassemble it before putting it away. Wow, I never thought about buying it. But that sounds so much nicer than standing there and microplaning. Yeah, I mean, the texture is different from microplane, okay, of course, but uh, but I it's do, good. I do like microplaned for like cacioe pepe. It's, yeah. It melts so quickly. Yes. Can I tell you something? Yeah. So, I've had the same microplane, I think, for over 20 years. And it, it's never gotten dull? It's So I think it's probably very dull. But it and still I, works And I really don't well. know it because I'm the boiling frog. And someday, like when I've reached my lowest point, I'm going to go out, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, I have, it's, it's a bad time. I'm going to go out. I feel I'm going like to get myself burst into tears. <laughs> I'm going to get myself possibly a, a new microplane and just see what the difference is between a brand new microplane and a 23-year-old microplane. And it's just going to change everything. It is going to change everything. Right? Yeah, I see this. It's like, you know, you know how it feels when you have a freshly sharpened knife, right? Yes. It'll be like that, only with cheese. Yeah. Okay. Might this might if if you think if you suspect that this is not going to be as satisfying <laughs> as I think, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. So what do you do with the rinds? Because uh, there's a lot you can do with a Parmesan rind. I am not a good user of Parmesan rinds. What do you do? So I, I need help. Well, so I save them in a baggie in the freezer, and uh, gosh, you know if they. So my freezer is. I have a really crappy ancient refrigerator freezer you know stacked one on top of the other kind of thing 
my freezer freezer burns things. Mm-hmm. However, if I manage to um, remember the Parmesan rinds in there before they get freezer burned, I toss them into all kinds of different soups, um, like Ed Fretwell soup, which is a the Italian if, if a bean and vegetable soup. So it doesn't call for it. There is no harm in chucking a Parmesan rind sure. in there. Julia Tertian, in her first book, which is called Small Victories, also an incredible cookbook, has a, uh, a soup in there that's like a Parmesan rind and pea soup. Really, really simple, but the kind of thing that you can totally make out of your freezer if you have frozen peas. Parmesan rinds, I think there are very few vegetable soups. I mean, sort of vegetable soups like with an Italian or French flavor profile mm-hmm. that don't benefit from a Parmesan rind. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will give it a try. I feel like beans is something I would be likely to make where I would actually try it. Totally. Or a bean you, soup. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever hollowed out a whole wheel of Parmesan <laughs> and served pasta on it? No. <laughs> I've, seen, you, I've seen a picture of how this. How do you feel about restaurants that, that do that? I don't know. I mean, they're reusing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> no, they, they just they devote like half a wheel of parmesan to each to each serving and it, and the uh, the pasta costs seventeen hundred dollars. I don't know. It's probably delicious. It's dumb, it's, I'm right? I'm sure it's delicious, but okay. I don't know. All right. Anything okay. else? What about like the parmesan that comes pre-grated and kind of like uh, thick gratings? Yeah, that comes in like a deli container. I am against it. I'm against it too. You know, it's dry. They've had to do something to to keep it from like just turning into sawdust. So like you know it's it's sprayed with something an anti caking agent. It always seems sort of dry. It's uh, and it's and it's more expensive and you're not saving much time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like unless unless you are like you know have a a condition that makes it hard for you to grate cheese, which is a real thing. Sure. Um. I would I would avoid that. Yeah. Okay. Make someone else grate your cheese. I also wonder if OXO. So OXO um, ha- has a number of different like oh, kitchen sure. gadgets that are made for people with arthritis or other yeah. like mobility limiting conditions. Uh, I wonder if they make some sort of grater that is. I bet they do. Friendly on the hands. Okay. Um, I recently I, bought I love it, things bought that are friendly on the hands. Me too. So uh, you can find us and many hand-friendly things at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and at <laughs> Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast, uh, where we want to hear about, uh, I mean, especially what, do you, what should Matthew do with his rinds? That's me, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I never talk about myself in the third person, and then I just started doing it for no reason and got really self-conscious about it. Oh, no. It was really cute. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Wait. Um, hang on, Matthew. Yes. Isn't there also a um, a Parmesan tasting on Serious Eats? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll link can to we that. Can we link to that? Yeah. That might be really helpful. Um, yeah, where they, they tasted some... I mean, basically, they came to the same conclusion we did, that the Italian stuff is really good, but... Okay. but you should get it uh, fresh, cool. freshly cut if cool. you can. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast where um, you, I don't know, send in a picture of what you think a wood splitter looks like. Great. Or just like a picture of what's your, what's your favorite piece of heavy machinery that you've come up with a new use for? Oh, gosh. Great idea. Isn't that a good question? Yeah. Yeah. I have one. We, if we get an... Okay. Let's hear it. I like using the car to drive myself places. Okay, maybe let me explain this, the, the premise of this game again. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like if you're using the car to like tow something that's never been towed before, that would fit. The line. There we go. <laughs> Do you walk the line? No, you drive it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Hang in there and keep chunking it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Um, so, yeah. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 